0: Here of CFB today. I'm George, Natty, is on underscore March, where you can find me on the interwebs if you so choose. Uh, was a fun weekend. It was great to interact with a lot of people. I don't usually have the opportunity to. Thanks to calling a Riders game in Saskatchewan. Super fun to be out there. Uh, get to experience that stadium. It's been. I couldn't believe when I actually thought back on my history of calling games in the Canadian Football League. I did Tiger Cats radio in 2019. That was Cody Fajardo's first year as the starter because, of course, back in week one of 2019, it was Zach Hilaros getting the high hit by Simone Lawrence. Cody Fajardo ends up coming into that ball game. And then we went on the road with Hamilton into Saskatchewan in 2019. Pandemic hits in 2020. Then I end up not being with the radio station in 2021. Work a couple of games. I think it was like four or five on television, but none of them were out west. 2022, I didn't have any games in Saskatchewan. And then the game that I had this past Sunday it was my first time being there since 2019 to actually call a game. Obviously, I was there for the Great Cup this past year, but it was wild to think it was even you know three years since I had been there at all covering things for CFL playoff coverage so uh, it was great to be out in Regina it was great to be around all of the people that work with the CFL and TSN that are kind of part of the quote-unquote western crew Uh, a lot of people I don't get to see or interact with but they are passionate people who love the CFL because it is not just their job but because they love the game that's why they love working and uh, yeah we went out and had a couple of beers together afterwards and uh, met a lot of of really great interesting people and uh, thankful for the opportunity to do all of that Uh, It was also kind of fun because I obviously call a lot of Ottawa Redblocks games pretty familiar at this point with what they're about. And seeing Dustin Crum have to go on the road into a really, really noisy place, I knew he was going to feed off of that energy. I just didn't know that Saskatchewan's defensive line was going to feed off it that much because they were pretty dominant throughout the evening. And part of that was because in the pregame warm-up, it was an illness for Zach Palios, and he ends up not being able to play his usual right tackle spot. Jacob Ruby gets put out at right tackle. He struggled. Like, whether it was Pete Robertson or Anthony Linear bumping out on the edge, or, you know, backers flying off the edge like Derek Moncrie for secondary blitz, They that was tough for Ruby to be put in that position, and... Then they end up bouncing Hunter Stewart over to right guard. He gets dinged at one point in the game. they got to take Eric Starzala, who was a surprising dress in that game. He has to put the pads on and go ahead and play. So a lot of moving pieces. Saskatchewan took advantage of that. Dustin Crum certainly paid the price. He only ended up with, I think, four rushes for 21 yards off the top of my head, which for a guy who is averaging like 8.9 yards per carry or something stupid like that he's got more 10 yard plus rushes than anybody in the cfl quarterback or running back or receiver he's got as many 20 plus yard rushes as any player in the canadian football league he basically spent the entire game with three carries for 13 yards and as a pure passer it's obvious that there's a lot of development that needs to go on there the thing that I am just so befuddled by, though, with this whole Dustin Crumb experience, this roller coaster that everybody has been on over the last month, why all of a sudden is it that the fourth quarter comes and this dude is just different? And I'm not saying that he's throwing for 300 yards in the fourth quarter and leading them to these blowout victories. He's so much more confident. He's so much more aggressive. It even feels like maybe this comes from the top down where Bob and he said to me this week, We know it's in them to play the way they do in the fourth quarter in the first, second, and third quarters. But maybe Bob Dice, like that belief that he's given the franchise as the head coach, the way he speaks to the men in that locker room, maybe that's why they play so great in the fourth quarter. Maybe Kahari Jones, maybe his play calling here. I mean, he was emptying the playbook it felt like whenever they touched the football in the fourth quarter because he knew we got to get our way back into this football game. Hell, even the defense. You got the global Schaefer playing defensive tackle in for Blessman Teyala, He ends up stripping out the football. Douglas Coleman takes it back to the end zone for a big score that gets them back in the game. That was the second play of the fourth quarter. Like, it's insane to me that the fourth quarter begins and Ottawa is just a completely different team in all phases. How they bring that from the fourth quarter into the first three quarters, I think is going to determine whether or not they make the playoffs. I really do. Because I'm looking at the division standings right now and how this is all shaking out. DT and I talked about this. And the way that it has played out, is that you've got at the top, obviously, Toronto, along with BC and Winnipeg. Then you've got kind of the second tier in the league right now, which I, th- I think is Montreal. I, I can firmly say that they're in that spot. And Calgary. And then I don't have a lot of confidence in Hamilton, Edmonton, or Saskatchewan. I just don't. The swing team is Ottawa. I don't know what Ottawa is going to become. I do know the important thing is that Dustin Crum needs to protect himself because, again, Bob Dice told me this week, our goal is for him to stay on the field so we can continue his development. That's been a huge problem. They get injuries, and then any development that they've had for, I don't know, Tyree Adams or even Nick Arbuckle at times, it just gets stunted. Like, it just, it, without a moment's notice, it just stops. It's just done. And for me, I think that that's, that's a huge, huge problem that they have in that franchise if they can keep Crum on the field, hopefully the passing game can develop. But for Saskatchewan, like Brett Lowther is just absolute money. I thought the defense played fantastic. And Mason Fine made a lot of really good throws, I thought, when he needed to. Um, Not consistent necessarily, and some of the issues in in the game plan calling, I thought, from Craig Dickinson on down, the situational football stuff was really interesting. Uh, And I think the, the biggest takeaway that I had from that, and Glenn Suter and I talked about it on the drive away from the stadium back to the hotel, was when you're at the end of the game, you know, we want to criticize Bob Dice for going on third and short and not taking the points, the field goal, in order to take the lead. And then later, they get an opportunity from essentially the one-yard line, and they decide to go with the chip shot field goal that gives them the lead. And everybody says, yeah, you should have gone for the touchdown. If you are somebody who killed the Ottawa Red Blacks for not taking the points and taking the lead you cannot then despite the difference in field position kill them for deciding to not take the points and take the lead in my opinion like I understand it's a different field position different setup but you're either taking the points to take the lead or you're not and he decided the second time around oh man we got another opportunity here let's go ahead and kick this after the game Glenn and I were talking about it we're like man that would have been great if he would have gone for the score there. Like, it would have been kind of ballsy, and it would have sent a message to his team and all these things. And and it's like, yeah, but you have to take the points there. You have to take the points. And again, it's – you can say whatever you want, analytics, and the one-yard line, and their yard off the ball. I I get all of the arguments on the other side. But for Saskatchewan, going from your own (laughs) own 20 when you're up by two points, like, they kind of deserve to lose the game. And Ottawa – as has happened so many times over the last couple years, comes so close and then just doesn't find a way to finish it off. And I do have full confidence, in all honesty, that if they would have scored the touchdown, then they would would have been walking away with the victory because I don't think Mason Fine was going to drive the full length of the field. I think they were pretty content to put that on the foot of Lowther, and he showed exactly why that is. So, Shout out to the Riders for finding a way. That's uh, that's a very tightly contested. They're now 4-1 and one in games that are decided by four points or less on the season as well. So if you're going to win close ones, that usually bodes well for your season standings at the end and likely prevents a crossover if Saskatchewan can find a way to be better than Ottawa and Hamilton as well. But Edmonton down in the basement, that middle class, I think Montreal and Calgary, we'll see where they shake out as the season goes on. And uh, yeah, that top class, Toronto, Winnipeg, BC, certainly in control right now. Thanks to Fox40 as always for supporting everything here on CFP today. Start your season off right this fall with products from our partners at Fox 40. Outfit your coaching staff, custom logoed Fox 40, whistles, gear, coaching boards, and more. Visit fox40shop.com. Use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. See you.